0: Dr. Jonathan Rose, thank you so much. Hey, Curtis. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's great to have you here in the new year. Nice. Nice to see all of you again here on Swedenborg Life Live. And today we're going to be looking at, you know, this, this everything in life. Okay. As, as 2019 all begins, right. we're going to cover the nature of everything that Swedenborg describes. And we're going to do it in the format in which he originally described it. Oh. So we're going to start with Secrets of Heaven. But I think we're going to begin a task that big with a little bit of warm-up
1: mm, kind of sounds stuff. good
0: you know so we're going to start as we often do with an icebreaker this is a chance for us to get loose chance for you to get loose and to really establish the mindset because it can be hard to go from you're living a regular life you're right thinking about regular things to let's go really swedenborg that's
1: right and and if if people f- felt so moved as to like or subscribe or anything like that that's also something they could do in their ordinary lives right before we do any new
0: year's resolution Thanks you for catching that like and subscribe
1: i didn't do it very great we,
0: we uh if you're enjoying the program uh <laughs> and it's something that you feel like supporting this is an easy way to support because it gets youtube excited it about does. our program and that pushes it out to more and more people yeah. so we are going to now i think now 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 really feels good it feels like right. the ice hard Okay, so h- how you play the game is if you're there in the chat room on YouTube, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening or whenever it may be where you are to spend that time Swedenborging with us. And we want you to answer this question as we answer it. We're gonna, we are going to be able to, you know, give our best approximation of what we think the answer to it is. Yeah. But we want to hear what you have to say, too. We would love to know what's on your mind. And how you think about things because everybody's got their own sort of angle on the truth that's unique to them so
1: true you ready i like the way you use swedenborging as a verb that was pretty cool
0: language language arts okay let's begin here's the question have you ever had the inkling that something spiritual might be influencing you Mm. i was just making a big thing about Were you living a regular life, thinking about regular things. And I guess when I say regular, I mean physical-based, relatively practically secular stuff. But is that always the case? Is there times when it seems like something across some kind of veil is affecting you? And I mean
1: you. Have you had that? Well, yeah, it's an interesting question. It seems like um, uh, one of the ways I try to detect this is if I wasn't thinking something at all And then all of a sudden pop you know or desiring something you know sometimes it's just food or thinking a piece of music that's going through my head or something like that but if if i'm just charging along in my life and all of a sudden uh i get this idea or this urge or something like that i think where is that coming from and i especially love it when i'm working on a problem and then you you know Go to bed and you're thinking about it, and then you wake up early in the morning and pop, you know, there's an yeah. answer that comes popping. That feels to me, because I wasn't thinking about it before, yeah. or it's something I hadn't thought of, that feels like it comes from outside of myself.
0: And in that answer that you gave, which is an excellent one, you were Swedenborgian, because it's a very Swedenborgian thing even to look at this stuff in the mind. And when something there is happening, say, oh, that's a spiritual influence. Yes, right. Because as we're going to get into in this show, he describes this grand interface between the spiritual world and the inner spiritual world, or what we would call the mental and emotional world.
1: Yeah, that's right. And how about you? Are there times when you feel like that, you're being tapped on the shoulder?
0: Yes. I would not say, you know, sort of grand, overt experiences. But in, in a similar vein to you, having been exposed to the idea through Swedenborg that heaven and hell are in touch with you in various ways through how you think and feel about things, I will certainly notice when, especially when a concept gets strong results in my mind. If I'm, ha- if I'm having trouble controlling thoughts or... Lifting my mood up, or I'm getting attacked by worry and anxiety, of some kind. And then there's some Swedenborg thing. Just the other day, I was reading True Christianity, Volume Two, and there's this description of the divine design, which I think we'll do an episode of News uh, oh, okay. from Heaven coming nice. up about, or whatever. Um, and it it really struck me as that. Oh yeah, that's that I'd, I'd seen it before. That's really powerful. And as soon as I started going through the steps that were outlined, my whole mental landscape changed. Mm. Everything, all the chit chatter got quiet. My mood lifted, and to me, that feels like. Something spiritual is happening. That's, that yep. is some kind of inflow from the spiritual world. Mm. So we gave very Swedenborgy answers, but you, yours could range all the way out to a time when you felt like you had a supernatural experience or something along this, anything in between. Right. We'd love to hear from you, not what we would say, but we'll, we'll compile those and take a look at them at the end of the show. Are you feeling... Ice broken?
1: I think that was a good icebreaker. Yeah.
0: Okay, just a little, me saying that, a little story quickly. I know we don't have time, but once when I was little and I was at the grocery store with my mom, I had my own little money and we were going to buy something. And, and I had to, so I was giving my money and I realized I wouldn't have much less and I, and I said, oh, if I give, if I spend all this money, I'll be housebroken. Which, <laughs> which I was trying to like say broke or something, but only later did I realize that this is a very silly thing to say. That's because very funny. It means I wouldn't poop inside the house. Okay, yes, right. Here we go. We're calling this the Swedenborg Book Club here because what we're going to do to kick off 2019 is, as we said, go through everything Swedenborg said in the way he said it, meaning we are going to surf through the description of reality that he, he gives and we're going to do it book by book. Mm. Because when he, when he had this grand awakening or going off the rails or whatever you want to call it, he, had, he felt like he had to communicate it to the world. And he just decided to do it by a series of books. And so if we follow that, we'll, we'll not only mm. get to everything he described, but maybe some extra insight into the picture of reality he paints by the ways in which he put it down into writing.
1: Yeah, and on the show, we so often take uh, quotes. as wonderful. I love the quotes on the show. We'll take a quote from here, a quote from there, a quote from the other place. And, and, uh, but uh, this is something new, I think, that we're doing now to look book by book and part of what strikes me is how different Swedenborg's different books are, are very different sizes yeah. you know i don't know if everybody realizes that but some of them are much bigger than others and we're dealing with the biggest one tonight
0: but it's not boring i don't know some people may have a reaction to we're going to go through the books book club as this is the greatest thing ever <laughs> yeah, that's right. other people may think oh i'm not gonna get anything cool for however many weeks you guys are going to do this but i think that the book is just a vehicle to get to the spiritual meal. But we're still right. looking at the concepts we're digging in. This just gives us a structure and makes it comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, understanding more about, as I was a budding Swedenborgian, understanding more about the structure of how he wrote and when actually made me much better at understanding what he did right. So this should be good all around. We take a journey through the ideas of Swedenborg, and we want to start, where do we want to start?
1: Well, uh, today uh, we're actually going to start with Swedenborg's first work that he did of published theology, which is Secrets of Heaven. I happen to have a copy right here. It was just Coincidence. lucky. Yeah, that's right. So Swedenborg originally published this in Latin of all things, but that was the language that was the, it's like English today. It was the most widespread in the world. So if you wanted to talk to the most people, you know, yeah. get your message out as widely as possible, do it in Latin at the time. So the project that I'm I'm in charge of is translating these things. This is one of our books into English to make it accessible to people in the 21st century. Right. And this book was big. It was big. It was bigger than Swedenborg's other published theological works. In fact, in the English that we're working on, it's going to come out in actually 15 volumes. That's just a little. If you see, you know, it's like that little stripe on the. You know, that's not even the whole. Whole spine there. Uh, it's a massive thing. It was four thousand five hundred sixty-two pages in the original first edition Latin, and generally a Latin page turns into at least two, if not three, English pages. So it's it's a huge thing. It has an interesting title to me. It was really titled. In Latin because it was a book in Latin. Yes. Arcana Coelestia, or some people pronounce it Celestia. Like Arcana me, Celestia.
0: I pronounce celestia.
1: And often people have still used that Latin title even in English because the early translators thought that's a good title. Let's just leave it in Latin. I don't yeah. know why they you know. <laughs> but they just <laughs> no left sense. it in, in Latin. And once it got to be known by that, that's what a lot of people called it was Arcana. Or people talk about the Arcana, you yes. Know, meaning this this large set Same of books. Thing. But the New Century Edition has been so bold as to translate the title. See that first word there, arcana, means secrets or mysteries. They're things that are hidden away. It's like it's got the word box or, or che- treasure chest in it kind of thing. And then coelestia means heavenly. Mm-hmm. And so we've translated secrets of heaven. Yeah. Uh, some people say heavenly mysteries. There are different different titles.
0: And there really are the secrets of heaven. In it, I mean, he felt that way, and I certainly feel like I find him in there. Mm. It does beg the question, why, if you're going to write it, something that spans the entire screen here, why spend that much time writing on it? And what is it? What could it possibly yeah, be that you could right. write that much about it? So hmm. we're going to play a couple of games to tease that out. The All first right. game, these are not very fun games, but they're games nonetheless, <laughs> is called What's the Headline? Ah. So if I if I had never met Secrets of Heaven before, and I wanted to know what it was, What's the summary? What is it? What's the book? What's in it? Mm. How, could you, how could you boil it down? You, you
1: first. Okay. Boil, boil, boil. Um, <laughs> I, saw it, Bible? I saw it. Did happening. you see that what? happening? Yeah, yeah. It, it's intense. Bible contains hidden spiritual meaning. Yeah. So you can tell it's a headline because you don't even say the. Yep. Right. The,
0: right. What he does in the book is go through the beginning of the Bible and just tell you, look, this this sheep is actually a symbol for this part of your mind. This landscape is a symbol for this. This person symbolizes both Jesus Christ and what you go through. He unpacks it piece by piece. Mm. And and I would say another headline is, all kinds of spiritual stuff can be tied in with the Bible, believe it or not.
1: Nice. I like that. We'll we'll need a couple of lines on there, but but it's good.
0: Because he goes into things like these experiences of life after death and spirits, and you'll be leafing through it, and suddenly there's this discussion of something about the nature of reality. And he's saying all this stuff branches out of what you find in the
1: text. Yeah. So that hidden spiritual meaning, uh, part of how he figures out what that is, is through his spiritual experiences. yeah. And the Bible also helps him understand his spiritual experiences because there are things like that in the Bible. So when he's experiencing weird things in the other world, he thinks, oh, wait, this is like that wall of bronze that you read about in the prophets or something. Yeah. And, and 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 so he's got really both of those. There are just pure accounts of spiritual experiences in there, mm-hmm. sort of a minority of the content. And he's got just what you call exegesis or explaining verse by verse, going through Scripture and saying, here's, here's what this means.
0: And to, to, to back up what we're saying, we're going to play another game, which is called, what's in it? Meaning, if you were to be so bold as to pick up this work or download the free PDF from Swedenborg.com, what would you find when you got in there? And how would you organize something as broad and out mm. there as what we've been describing? Well, here's the table of contents or a sample of it. Remember, it's 15 volumes. You'd come to this first nice page. There's your title page. What's a representative chunk of the text? So let's say we're ah. looking at Genesis chapter 4. You can see he says, what the life of the soul or spirit is like. This is sort of the a little one of these Oh, that's a little materials. spiritual yeah. tid-
1: tidbit, isn't it? So that's about, hey, what is it like after death? What are people doing? Yes. What are my loved ones doing up there? Yep, and right. Then,
0: and then he goes into all right. Let's now talk about the text of Genesis chapter four. Here's a little summary for it. Then we unpack the inner meaning for quite a few pages. Then all oh the way,
1: yeah, look at all those right, almost fifty way, pages.
0: Right, right, right. All the way to one eighty-seven. Where at one eighty-seven, let's take a right turn and list several examples from spirits of opinions they adopted during their physical lives concerning the soul or spirit. You're getting spirits in the afterlife Whoa. talking about what they think it means to be a spirit right next to the inner meaning of
1: Genesis. Very interesting. And so you see those middle three, you've got sort of five bullets there. Those middle three are all about Genesis. Yeah. And so that's the main kind of spinal column of the work is that mm-hmm. it takes you through 50 chapters of Genesis, which happens to be the number of chapters in there, 40 chapters of Exodus. So there's 90 chapters in all in those 15 volumes, uh-huh. but they have spiritual experiences wrapped around them. In fact, I think you can see on this this screen that you get to see the little spiritual bit at the end of chapter three. Yes. That says our entry into eternal life continued. Yep. Which is pretty cool. And then you get to see the beginning of chapter five, which is a good topic. Heavy Heaven and, and heavenly, heavenly joy.
0: joy, Jinx. Yeah. So this right. is this is the nature of Secrets of Heaven that you get. It's one of his densest works. You have to slog through it at times. It's intense. It's yep. very focused, but then you burst out into these little clearings of this amazing report of spiritual experiences that he refers back to in, in all of his works. And I'd love to set some context for this. So we're going to play a little game now called Why and When. Why and when, Dr. Jonathan
1: mm. Rose? Well, let's start with a when. Uh, it was the first published theological work that he did. So he started in 1749 when he was 61 years old, tender age. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, He did it until 1756, nonstop, as you see there. Uh, Then in 1757, we don't have it marked on this chart, but he says that in 1757 is when this kind of apocalyptic event occurred in the spiritual world. The Last Judgment. judgment, Hmm. You know, that the the Bible foretold. He said that actually happened in the other world. That was in 1757, the year after this set was done. And then all his other books that you see sort of grayed out here in the timeline came after that and were were smaller works and so one answer for why Mm -hmm. in addition to just like well i need to tell everybody about the bible but it seemed maybe that this played some role in what was going on in the spiritual world you know because now and then he says he actually sees his books in the other world as well like there was dual publication or something i don't know how it worked but uh so if was 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 it partly for people in the other world as well as people in this world? You know, kind of intriguing idea.
0: The plot thickens mightily mm. there. And I'd say let's play one more game. Okay. Try game? To, we're okay. trying to encapsulate this whole thing. Before we get to some of the real content that's in okay. there, uh, what would you do if you're trying to summarize uh, a 20 billion word book
1: yeah, you pick up this giant thing. I mean, yeah. don't you like flip to the front and then you flip to the back, right? A lot yeah. of people would actually start at the back. Right, right. You, you flip you know around, try to, try to get a sense of what's in there, right?
0: Let's do that right now. Oh, this you want game to? is called First and Last.
1: Oh, okay. So All right. you, you could start
0: if you wouldn't okay. mind. Okay. Sure. And you have volume one, and Let's I have see. volume 12. Which currently isn't published by the NCE yet. You're not, you guys aren't there that's yet. That's right. So we're using the revised standard edition.
1: There, there's this uh, green set that's done in 12 volumes, and then the new century edition is done in 15 for right. arcane reasons is that this could be the Revised
0: standard edition, is that right? But that's right. That's right.
1: And. Uh, okay,
0: how, this is how it begins.
1: This is how it all begins. This is section number one.
0: Of 10,000 something.
1: Uh, Of over 10,000. Right. Almost 11,000 passages. And I like the way that the very first thing he says kind of tells you what what the book is about. I like that style. Yeah. He says, the word in the Old Testament, that means the, the Bible, you know, the Old Testament part of the Bible, contains, drum roll please, secrets of heaven. Aha, uh-huh. it contains secrets of... So that's why he, titled it. he didn't title it something about the Bible. I mean, he does mention yeah. the Bible in the long version of the title, but the word in the Old Testament contains secrets of heaven and every single aspect of it. Aha, uh-huh. it's not just random what's in there. Every single aspect of it has to do with these five topics. The Lord, His heaven, the church, faith, and all the tenets of faith. But not a single person sees this in the letter. In the letter, or literal meaning, people see only that it deals for the most part with the external facts of the Jewish religion, which is true. Oh, here's this sacrifice. Oh, make sure you do this on the Sabbath, you know, or don't do that, and so on. Uh, But he says, the truth is, however, that every part of the Old Testament holds an inner message. So if that's all you got, somebody just handed you a little piece of paper torn out, you'd get the essence of it right
0: there. You, and you may have a better chance actually delving into the book if you did the first section rather than flip to the end, because <laughs> this, is, this is how it ends. Does this it is, end? How does, how does we it we said end? it's about 10,000. It's 10,837 numbers. Whew. And this is the, the end of 10,837. The last sentence. They said further that a husband has only one wife and never more, because this is contrary to divine order. And okay. what's the
1: setting there? What, what's this is actually who, who's saying that?
0: People on another planet that Swedenborg visited in the spirit. Hello. So as you as you pointed out earlier, uh, monogamy in space. That's monogamy how Monogamy in space.
1: All right. So that's so I forgot I said that. that know, when we were discussing yeah, the show. Right, right. The, <laughs> so
0: this is the kind of the scope, and this he just kind of wow. leaves it hanging okay. there. Okay, we are
1: all over the place
0: here. Yeah. 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 That's that's secrets of heaven, but these are extremes. Kind
1: of I mean almost literally universal like these massive things about the afterlife the death process what we go through in our minds and and even other planets and what's going on like wow
0: let's take a look at a little more some representative stuff and what's the what's the hard-hitting spiritual message we get out of this Mm. do that in the next section good fun Welcome to the three bite section, where we will be giving you three bites of the meal that is Secrets of Heaven, the twenty-nine course meal that is Secrets of Heaven. <laughs> right. And so, as we said, a lot of this is what you could call exegesis, or the unpacking of the meaning of Scripture, phrase by phrase. But even within the fray of that, as I was mentioning, you find these sort of open discussions of spiritual issues, and we're going to focus on a few of those that recur. So, one mm. thing that you see throughout Secrets of Heaven is the influence of spirits and angels on our minds. Swedenborg is very into describing that connection. This is Mm. from near the beginning of the work, Secrets of Heaven 227. The source of perception, inner dictates, and conscience needs to be understood. Because no one these days knows anything about it, let me say a little. It is entirely true that the Lord governs us through spirits and angels. Hmm. When evil spirits start to take control, of us, angels put their effort into deflecting evils and falsities, and conflict results. This conflict is what we sense by means of perception, and inner dictate or conscience. From these three sensations, and from the trials we're going through, we would see clearly that spirits and angels are present with us. If our focus were not thoroughly physical, that's a big
1: if. <laughs> so, and, yeah, if we weren't so preoccupied with our bodies and money and stuff like that, we might actually be able to tell that this is going on. Uh,
0: no offense, too, but right, this right. is Swedenborg re- oftentimes talking to his older self or previous his self. His previous self. That's right. His former self. Yeah. How could right. you not realize this was going on? And this gets right to our icebreaker question, because ah. there he's saying, "Have you ever felt something spiritual?" Well. If, if you yeah. knew how the system works, you'd realize just by the way the mind is structured, by what it's like to be a conscious experiencer of life, of course there's, there's a spiritual the influence. You can tell mm. now that you know the source. That's mm. what he's asserting anyway. Such a focus presents, prevents us from believing anything we hear about spirits and angels.
1: Oh, that, you're talking about that sort of physical preoccupation or something. That's right. just sort of you know, erases all of that from yeah, your mind.
0: Like that stuff is just weird. Body-centered people could experience those conflicts a hundred times over and still claim that an overactive imagination or some kind of mental illness lay at the root of them.
1: So it seems like he's talking about spiritual experiences, right? Yeah. of, Of a kind you've got some battle going on in your soul and you just figure oh yeah right I'm, I'm just off my rails today
0: as Ebenezer Scrooge says in the Muppet Christmas Carol my favorite movie uh, there's more of gravy than of grave about you when that's the right Marley Brothers Marley's talking to, to a
1: spirit or something yeah, yeah, yeah. right right I myself so Scrooge is talking to the spirit Marley
0: yes I've had the opportunity to experience conflict and its vivid sensation thousands upon thousands of times almost continually now for several years I've been able to learn what spirits were involved, what they were like, just where they were, at what moment they approached, and what time they left.
1: And I've been allowed to speak to them. <laughs> could you be more detailed? Wow. So he could, things that we just feel vaguely like, I don't feel good. I don't know why. I'm just like I'm distracted or I, I'm unhappy or something. You know, yes. you can't quite figure out what's going on. Well, he's able to perceive, oh, that's because these spirits came this is exactly who it was they came for, for 45 minutes yeah. and they left you know yep. and i felt this way afterward so slightly wow. off
0: the beaten path from your typical bible study
1: yes that's right this is part of the whole work isn't it that that the bible's talking to spiritual experiences and the spiritual experiences are talking about the bible so he's able to use that as a as a springboard again and again of like hey let me tell you about how the mind works. Let me tell you what's going on. Yes,
0: okay. I'm so glad you brought that up because Swedenborg is this, the crossroads, I feel like, of Christianity and spiritual experiences and a lot of other things right. as well. But right, 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 really vividly right. in this work, he shows how those two worlds interface with each other in this way you never would have guessed. But anyway, let's, let's go on to the next topic. Yeah,
1: okay. Well, another point that he brings up there a lot is this thing that, I don't know if you've read this before, there's a phrase that you sometimes hear around Swedenborg, as of self. And that's from a Latin phrase, secret say se, And uh, what it means is as if you were doing it on your own, but you're really not or something. And what it means is that really anything good when you're doing something loving for somebody, or when you're having an insight about whatever, about reality or about what someone needs or, or whatever it is about yourself, uh, that's coming from the Lord, mm-hmm. and yet you need to act as if it isn't. There's some, it's sort of a nuanced thing. But let's look at Secrets of Heaven 2891, where he talks about this. Spirits newly arrived in the spiritual world, and he says that people who arrive in the spiritual world are just us when we die. Yeah. You know, but you're then called a spirit, uh, that 's just us after we die, yep, and so these are people who know the same amount we do, like you just crossed over you 're just brand new right. there. They absolutely rack their brains, trying to understand the idea that we cannot do what is good or think what is true on our own, but only from the lord they 're so convinced by this appearance it 's almost weirder than
0: the idea of spirits and angels you know affecting your mind
1: is this yeah what is
0: this partnership
1: yeah yeah how does what do you mean i can't do it on my own they believe that this would make them machines incapable of anything you know if you like how can you be if you're not an autonomous being then you're like a robot right yeah and that if so they may as well drop their hands and let themselves be pushed around like let's wheel a robot into the next room or something
0: he's trying he's being funny
1: Yes, I think so. No, they are told. You really have to think, will, and do good on your own. You have to. You know, you have to try to figure out how to be kind to other people. What would be the compassionate thing here? You know, you just got to think it up on your own. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to develop a heavenly sense of autonomy or heavenly freedom. Freedom is like the opposite of machine, right? How free is the machine? And yet he's talking about freedom. But... And this is the, where the nuance comes in. You still ought to acknowledge that what is good and true comes not from you, but from the Lord. Ah, so there's a difference between the acknowledgement mm-hmm. and the taking action part. All angels, they are taught, these newcomers are taught, hey, and it sounds like this is everybody goes through this school yeah. after you die, that, hey, and here's another little point we ought to point out. All angels, they are taught, make this acknowledgement, and even live in the perception that it is so the angels get to the point where they can actually feel it like our ice baker question you know they feel it coming ah i see what's going on here you know the more keenly they sense that the lord leads them and that they therefore live in the lord the freer they are not robots yeah they really have this wonderful sense of autonomy and yet it's just oh this idea or this this desire flowed into me or this you know yeah. wanting to help somebody or whatever it is
0: and two two things occurred to me with that one is that what an amazing batch of insider information. If that's the mindset of an angel, which is where we can go to be free from hell, which is everything that disturbs us and bothers us and come into the greater happiness than you could ever think Mm. could be possible for a human being. This strange thing is a precondition for it. Well, I can skip all these other paths mentally that were available, like try to be the best, try to um, engineer everything and know that's the way to go. But the second thing is, it seems like it's strange and it could never coexist with you actually being a free being or something, but I would assert that we're actually living a very similar condition to that that we all obviously agree on, which is the experience of being a, a consciousness in a body. Like Right then when I said body and move my arm like this, I move my arm, like I knew I wanted my arm to move, but the actual you mechanics... You did it very quickly, yeah. The oh. actual mechanics of how that happened meaning even which muscles contracted, I guess they were up in the shoulder or, or here in the bicep or something. Who how knows? all the cells recharge their ATP and ADB,
1: which neurons fired. I was completely ignorant of that. How even a neuron, What what is that chemical signal, that passes? because it's not actually electricity, it's some sort of chemical yeah. transfers, like, like how does that work? I don't know how that works.
0: I wouldn't have known anything about that if someone hadn't told me before, and I certainly don't know how I'm doing all this now. So you could say that I can't really do anything on my own. But yet if I say, well, okay, you brain and arm and cells and tissue, you just do your thing. You do it because you are the ones really doing it. If I don't send that, I want to
1: move it, it's never gonna move. It doesn't happen. So So that's that sweet spot is somehow and it's a good analogy, I think, because we live so much of our lives in that sense from early childhood of just like I'm moving. I'm the one doing this. I know how to do it and I'm doing it right now. And uh, not really reflecting, it's a more sort of scientific or a distant philosophical perspective to say, wait a minute, I have no idea. You know, they say if you're playing tennis with someone, just ask them exactly how they're doing that serve and they'll start messing up because if they think about it hard, they start to realize, actually, I don't know how, oh, you know, exactly. Nasty so, tip for you there.
0: So there you go. There's, there's a little bit of how you get from something that was in the Bible, explained into a spiritual idea, mm. explained into situations in life, that Secrets of Heaven is this bridge between all of them. And we're going to do one more right. quick quote from it, which is often, hmm. Swinburne will do this in Secrets of Heaven and elsewhere. He will give you the true, an upgraded version of something, of a term. He will uh-huh. redefine right. something, and he'll, something you've already talked about sort of in the religious or spiritual spiritual sphere yeah
1: something that's in the conversation in the lingo but
0: he'll he'll add layers of meaning to it or give it a new definition or uh differentiate between sort of an external version of it and the true uh motivated from Ah, internal characteristic version so cool this is what and this is getting further along this is all the way in secrets of heaven 8254 okay getting up there the most genuine way of worshiping the lord consists in a life of neighborly
1: love okay right there like I thought the most genuine way of worshiping the Lord was either be monastic or go to a lot of, you know, church services or something like that.
0: Have nice clothes, whatever it is. But he's saying, no, here's worship redefined. Not a life of religious devotion without a life of neighborly love. Whoa. Living a devout life and not a charitable life means wanting to consult one's own welfare alone, not the welfare of one's neighbor.
1: Whoa, weird. So he's actually saying there's something a little self-centered about this sort of Oh, what a good boy am I.
0: That even if your goal is, I want to be as spiritual as possible without thinking about how that helps people, you can't be spiritual doing that. Living a devout Mm. life and at the same time a charitable life means wanting to consult one's own welfare for the sake of one's neighbor.
1: Oh, I like the way he not only said both, but he said how they relate to one another, which is that you consult your own welfare for the sake of other people. That's the real goal, isn't
0: it? Own your craft, shine as brightly as you can, but to do it for the common good, Yeah, that's a that's worship. That, that's the,
1: yeah. And look, good. we're talking
0: about life. We haven't talked even about being inside a church yet when he's defining worship. Yeah, wait a minute. Right. The former type of life is... <laughs>
1: Where was the incense? Where It's based yeah, right. on
0: love for oneself, the latter on love for one's neighbor. So well. there you
1: go. Yeah, yeah. he's upending... And he does that a lot doesn't he with a lot yeah. of different terms like what is mercy really or what is faith really yes or what do we mean you know when we talk about jesus who is that and yeah he does a lot of kind of redefining and and contextualizing
0: and i want to end here
1: with one more little game which
0: is entitled how can it help meaning hmm. You and your team continue to publish this and translate it. You're going to be putting out more volumes soon. Why? What's it doing for anybody? Why is this a valuable piece of text to the world?
1: Oh, I just do it for make a living. But um, got it. Got no, the, Some glamorous <laughs> career, Swedenborg translation. keeps food on the table. Uh, I think it's so important because it. where else do you get? Like, who's got the? Oh, yeah. Out of the 80 people who can tell you that. I prefer Swedenborg. It's, it's the only game in town, it seems like, and a lot of these things. For this Who's going to tell you exactly? Yeah, right. What's going on with the angel thing? How that relates to scripture? Like who? I don't know. The connection between that and the Bible. Like who would think that that's that's what's going on there? And even so, it's oh, got go a lot to say to people, and especially at a time when, in some areas, you know, the, the Bible still monstrously, uh, you know popular and successful, Worldwide. but uh, it's kind of losing market share. Wouldn't you say? I mean, you, you know, there's certainly people even whole continents that are like not that taken with it or yeah. not sure what to think about it or something like that. Yeah. And he's really trying to put it back and no, give this a second look. Think of it this way. Now, how do you like it? You know, right? Uh, what, do you, what do you think of it now when we go deeper in it?
0: No, that's great. And I do think that, that Swedenborg does rec- represent and this work in particular this organizing principle for so many different aspects of spiritual life of people around the world. As you're saying, this is a clean connection, and not just a forced, but a really, both sides are enriched by connection of the biblical texts and spiritual experiences, but also all kinds of other traditions. You know, D.T. Suzuki writing his book, Buddha of the North, saying that you see the the, very easy crossover between Eastern and Western religious philosophy Mm. in Swedenborg, and how he wrote, and I see Secrets of Heaven as being part of this way that there's all kinds of people can go deeper into specific areas i think about near death experiences and how they get you into the emotion and the experience of things in a way that swedenborg never quite does Mm. and there's other people who have got really deep into specific parts but as as a backbone swedenborg lets all this stuff it shows how the puzzle fits together as well as giving you thousands of pieces you can't get anywhere else
1: right and i'm suddenly thinking it popped into my mind that not only does he go across a vast amount of space with the book, literally into outer space, but also across uh, all time on this planet. He talks a lot about the earliest people and how they thought and what they were doing. You know, a lot of the material that we've had on the show of that type comes out of Secrets of Heaven. So how are you feeling? We
0: would love to hear from you. We're going to do our Q&A section. So if you have any questions about this topic or the book or anything else that's on your mind, Get ready to write them in the chat because we're going live now. So well, If you're in the chat room, you can be writing in and helping us have content for the show. But there's, this is a confusing thing today. I want to ask you for two types of input. Mm. One is your regular Q&A questions you would ask us on any episode of Swedenborg and Life Live, spiritually Swedenborg-themed topics. It would be awesome if there were some that were even tied into what we're talking about now, but they don't have to be. They can be whatever's meaningful to you. And then the second thing is right after this section, we're going to be doing a brand new part of the show that we call Elevator Pitch where you're going to see Nobody us. told me. Yeah, oh, I didn't? Well, this is what you're going to be doing. You're going to see Dr. Jonathan Rose and myself on the hot seat trying to explain Uh-oh. in an effective way in just one minute a concept from Swedenborg as if it was to someone who'd never heard of Swedenborg before. So <laughs> alongside your questions, if you could okay. give us Swedenborg topics. Working without a net. Like, what's, what's a part of Swedenborg that you'd love to hear somebody explain to someone who hadn't heard Swedenborg whatever part of how we, what he describes. Get that into the chat, and then you'll see us. We'll pick two and try to explain them. Literally do the 60-second explanation we or something. We were trying to pitch them in an elevator. And I'm sure you've all had the experience of trying to explain something of Swedenborg to someone, so let's see how we do it. Yeah, Get right. your questions in right. your elevator pitch the Challenge. Topics. So here's the questions first. Let's see what we got. What does Emanuel Swedenborg mean when he says the word? This mm. is from Mary Richards. And that That's is great. an awesome question, because I don't know what he means. I have some <laughs> good uh, inklings about it, but what do you think? What, introduce people to the term, and, and, and how does he use it, and what does it encompass?
1: Sure. Uh, basically, he seems to pick it up out of the Old Testament prophets who say, the word of the Lord came to me kind of thing. And so he talks about the word of the Lord, um, uh, a shorthand version would be to say the Bible the word equals the Bible uh, but he gets a little more complicated than that a little bit because he says well some uh, books are more profoundly divinely inspired than others so sometimes he says this is the word and that isn't and then later he'll say well this is the word but we will call it a different kind you know the apostolic word or something but but and a short definition that he gives of it is divine truth and so, in a certain way, divine truth takes all sorts of forms. Yes, you know, so it gets hard to tell what isn't the word or something. But, but uh, often when he's using that expression, he means some kind of living communication from God to us. And generally, he's talking about that comes to us through the Bible
0: yes it does get fuzzy as you're saying around the edges because he describes something that he calls the ancient word which shared a little bit of text with the bible but the rest of it was brand new text it's that, quite different uh, quite That's right. different but that too was the word but the it was time. the word
1: and he never talks about words in the plural no but he'll say the word of the old testament or the word of the new testament which basically means the old testament part of th- this one thing called yeah. the word which is you know, he, and ultimately, he picks up from John, the the, uh, the Gospel of John, that the uh, the Lord is the Word. You know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and all that.
0: He also says that in for the earliest people, nature pro- fulfilled the role that the Word currently provides. There wasn't a written word; there was just an understanding of correspondences right. in nature.
1: Yes, they could see everything around them as full of spiritual depth and they understood it in yeah. a different way than we do and
0: we did a show on this recently didn't we hmm. oh shoot i can't remember the title escapes me now just search all of our 200 episodes that's right of this show. yeah you'll Sorry. find it for sure uh, but but so hopefully what we communicated to you is often you could get away with him, with uh juxt- or interchanging the bible and the word yeah but it's much more than that and the bible is kind of is a rendering of this thing that's outside of time and space. He also talks about the word existing in the heavens, but it that's doesn't right. have any names or places, and it can be in totally you don't different. Don't see the
1: River Euphrates yeah. or Egypt or yeah, right. It's and not he talks about,
0: about the sometime that certain angels having the word written in a certain kind of language, the others in a different kind of language. Different letters different and different yeah. letterings. So it's more expansive than just saying it's the Bible. But a lot of the times it overlaps with the Bible. The Bible is. Uh, the reason it's so important and worth doing Secrets of Heaven about is it's the current rendering of the Word.
1: That's right. A communication from God to people saying, here, I love you, and here's how to live your life kind of thing.
0: I'm sorry for life. Just Okay, yeah. <laughs> Life is great. Okay, <laughs> let's take a look at the next question. Tacitus asks, how should we pray to be effective? Mm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that as saying... Um, what is an effective way to pray? Right. And I would start by saying, Swedenborg makes a distinction that the best stuff to ask for when you're praying, and you can ask for stuff, but really the way that has an effect is to ask for spiritual things rather than natural things. Natural things would be wanting events to go a certain way in the physical world, wanting material possessions. Even he would stick in there wanting for its own sake eminence or good fortune spiritual things would be um, psychological conditions that trend toward humility and love so if you said please i just want to be able to get over this particular foible i have or i'd like to find a way to be a little more perceptive of what's right to do Not that you'll automatically get it right away, but those are the kinds of things it sounds like you can actually get hooked up with through prayer.
1: That's right. That's right. And uh, you need to be patient because Swedenborg says that it's customary as opposed to some things like the movie The The Secret. He he says it's actually uh, built into the system that you pray and pray and pray for something, Mm -hmm. and then when you realize you can't get it and it's hopeless and you forget about it and you walk away and think about something else then you'll get it (laughs) but there's a gap between your wanting it and sometimes there's even people in the spiritual world who are told it's great everything's great everything's good you just need to want this less and then you'll get it you know because (laughs) so how mystical is that
0: if you say give me this thing give me this thing give me this thing this spiritual thing and then and then you get it unbeknownst to you it comes along with a side of uh, oh look! I can get anything Your I want. Your ego
1: gets bigger. And, yeah.
0: Which, which ego getting bigger is almost not worth anything else, because <laughs> that's, that's right. the main thing we're trying to do in life is deflate the ego. Yeah, so swollen. it's like we, we're not going de- right. to we, we're not going to deliver you this this nice sweater if it's got the flu virus all over it. We just can't do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, two words that come to mind is that um, urgency and humility. The combination of feeling humble that you're asking the Lord for something that you can't do for yourself in some, in some way, right. and also that it's absolutely, it, it just has to happen. So uh, I've heard of some people at the sort of low points in their lives who say, just their simple prayer is, God, you've got to help me. And that has both the sense of like, I can't fix this myself, yeah. and it's absolutely urgent. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done if, if, right. if you don't. And so I think those are the, Swedenborg does talk about certain prayers, like when you're in agony uh, in, a, in one of those spiritual crises, trials, things, or something like that, you may say, ah, oh, like Elijah did, you know, I don't want to live anymore, or something like that. Uh, there are certain prayers that we say that the Lord just sort of turns a deaf ear to, I know you don't mean it, or, or something like that. Right. Um, so he hears some more than others, and I think that urgent, humble prayers are the ones that that uh, get hurt and especially for spiritual things praying for other people uh okay. or praying for things like if someone told me once to pray for more love of the word and i did that and my love of the word increased you know like that's the kind of spiritual thing i think you're talking about
0: yeah we'll pray for the welfare of Swedenborgian life the show yeah I'm kidding I'm that's kidding. right too soon okay let's take a look. <laughs> let's just do one more and and then we'll move on Sheila Montgomery asks, how can Jesus be sitting on the right hand of God and be God himself? I, I was like, let's do this a quick is one. Beautiful. Let's do a quick one. But beautiful. This, is, this, is, this is your wheelhouse. So what do we got here? Can we please sort out what God is and who is Jesus and what do you do?
1: Sure. Uh, you are absolutely right. That those two things don't work together well, like your mind sort of, you know, the gears of your mind sort of grind up when you think about that. And yet, scripture says repeatedly that Jesus will sit in the right hand of God. What helped me as I was wrestling with this myself was that it never says that God is on the left hand of Jesus. Think about Matthew 25, where it says that the Son of Man will come and he'll judge everybody and he'll put the sheep on his right. And who's on his left? God the Father? Hmm. No, it's the goats. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have God over there with the goats. Yeah. You know, left has a different meaning than right. And the right hand means the power. It's the actual, in Isaiah 53, it says, To whom has the arm of Jehovah been revealed? You know, uh, that, that's uh, an expression meaning power. Because when you think about God's attributes, God is an infinite being. And uh, so, how can you be on the right side? like which which way is the right which way yeah. is the right from an in, from an inf- so like, there's something slightly farther to the right yeah. that's also infinite it's like say, saying doesn't I want make see on the
0: right hand side of the universe right as far as we know there is no right hand yeah side. good
1: luck I, which which yeah okay. so non-spatial uh, what it means is that he is the that human being in this world allowed god to have a safe kind of power in this world to deal with evil without annihilating it, without destroying human beings or whatever. So uh, that's what the right hand, that's a quick answer, but it's a, that's what the right hand has to do with. Excellent question. But he is actually the manifestation. He is the, like, God is the spirit, Jesus is the body yeah. kind of thing. You know, they're the same person.
0: And that's Secrets of Heaven. What what Jonathan was just doing there is what Swedenborg is doing throughout the whole mm, that's right. the Secrets of Heaven, which and he does have, talk
1: specifically about that right we hand. We couldn't have planned that any that's better. Right. So there's right. a little bit of mm. of
0: it in action now. Like I said, we're going to go to our elevator pitch. Hopefully, given some little pithy subjects that we're supposed to describe, and you'll see us fall flat on our face. That's Here right.
1: This will be fun, right?
0: I was going to say, we all have been in this situation, but maybe you haven't. (laughs) You're trying to explain to somebody who doesn't know what a Swedenborg is at all an idea from Swedenborg. It can be quite a harrowing experience, and if these ideas are so great that we're getting all fired up about them and they're worth doing, they should be explainable quickly in, let's say, the time it took an elevator to go up 44 floors. Yes. So you're going to see this section here is called Elevator Pitch nice thank you in this section uh to begin dr jonathan rose and i will be two people that just stepped onto an elevator and i'm going to ask jonathan a question about something swedenborg related what that question is is up to all of you and you will have one minute to explain to me (laughs) uh not just what it is but why it should matter okay that's why it's the pitch oh boy so let's take a look at what our topic is going to be for this elevator pitch the true explanation <laughs> of heaven, hell, and salvation that comes to us cur- courtesy of Yokopo. Wow. So the good doctor is going to explain the true <laughs> right. nature of heaven and there hell and salvation. <clears throat> to me, we've just stepped onto an elevator, and I say to Dr. Jonathan Rose, hey, what's a true explanation of heaven, hell, and
1: salvation? Okay, you know it's been in the consciousness of the human race forever, this idea of when you do something bad, don't your friends say, you are so going to hell for that. It's in our consciousness that there's heaven, there's a place that good people go, there's a hell that evil people go, and uh, salvation is a matter of choices that we make about what we love. There's this rumor going around that we're saved merely on the basis of our faith or knowing something, like if you know... Jesus or you, you know, think he died for your sins or something, then you you get in. But what about people who are doing the thing that your friend says you're so going to hell for that? You're, you're still going to get in for that? No, it's something that you choose and it's so important. What could possibly be more important than knowing what the mechanics are and how to get to heaven if that's what you choose? And so, heaven is eternal bliss. It's very important. If you want to know more, look up Swedenborg, Sweden like the country, B-O-R-G. I'm done.
0: Uh, I think I'll is get off on my floor. Just okay. kidding.
1: Yeah. That was great. I'm totally convinced
0: everyone <laughs> gave Dr. Jonathan Rose a round of applause. <laughs> so, there you go. You have Swedenborg's concept, this fundamental concept of heaven, hell. And what I heard from you there was <clears throat> the, sound, the, the linking of it to morality rather than religion. And yeah. the, the intuitive idea we all have. That heaven is equatable to what's good and right and true, and hell is equatable is equitable to uh, what is false and evil and deceptive, and everything we know isn't good. And doesn't it just make more sense that th- it would be that extrapolated out into these spiritual realities rather than what religious club you belong to?
1: Yeah, right. And through a series of actions in your life, yeah. you're you're weighing in on. You know, you're becoming one of those or the other.
0: Very good. I'm convinced. I'm going to look up Swedenborg today. <laughs> download all of his books okay so that's how the game is Woo. played and now, now we are going to have uh the same thing happen to me all right so let's uh want me to set this up get, or something? Uh, well, as soon as the question comes in let's well, hit me have it hit me as hard as we can okay. so all as right. soon as the question comes in you s- ask it and then we'll go to our countdown okay we'll go, okay Good. all right there right.
1: we, we go all right explain rationality go
0: Well, this is one that I'm not very qualified to explain, not possessing it myself. Just kidding, I wasted some time <laughs> with the joke. So you have to have a connection between the higher things that are in your mind or with the things that seem like they're out there and they're mystical and the things we do every day. If there wasn't the ability to take teachings and what seemed ethereal and high, beautiful but out there and put it down into practical use, what would be the point of either? If we could never infuse what we're doing during the day with stuff, the higher Mm. goals we aspire to, and if we could never do something with the things that we pull, why would we have either? Rationality is the bridge that connects. Rationality put to the right use can be the way we go from a lofty ideal to you've designed something that changes somebody's life, you've enacted a new law. Mm. Rationality is what allows us to do that as long as you use it for good rather than to go in circles in isolation by itself—that's rationality.
1: Wow, that uh, was good. That was okay, very great. impressive. I'm I'm sold. Okay, you want to get I'm it okay. sold? Yeah. So
0: that is interesting because there's so many facets of rationality that he talks about. No, but, but I think you yeah. sort of
1: use the elevator ride to okay. cut to the heart of it. Good. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so, that's
0: great. So if you guys uh, see. Us on an elevator, be very afraid. (laughs) So thank you so much. Uh, That's good fun. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that section. I think that the heart behind it is, yeah, how do we distill the ideas of the mind? Because you've got 27 volumes of Swedenborg, you've got this many secrets of heaven, it should be reducible into these hard-hitting things. Yeah,
1: right. And so
0: we're trying to do that a little bit here. We'll try it again next week. So be thinking (laughs) of your good ideas that you'd love to see elevator pitched. Okay, let's... uh, Go now to the ice melter. Because we remember at the beginning, we asked you all for your answer to the question about spiritual influence. We want to hear what you had to say. Okay, here we go. Let's see what you all had to say. The question, lest you had forgotten, or in case you had forgotten, was as follows. I think we're having a little bit of trouble pulling it up there. We there we go. go. Have you ever had... I was doing a pretty good job stalling there, but yeah, I was like... That was good. Should have left another half That's second good. between each word. Have you ever had the inkling that something spiritual might be influencing you? This is what the people said. Yes. 2015 began and hasn't stopped since.
1: Interesting. And
0: that sort of sounds yeah. like, that sounds a bit like... A change in consciousness or something,
1: yeah. right? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Well, like Very the
0: Swedenborg variety, because he would right. often reference back when he was writing in his books and trying to make a point, he'd say, because I heard it from spirits and angels, as I've been able to talk to for the last three years, or the last ten years, wherever yeah, he was. Right. So it seems like, you know, obviously marking that point in your life. And he did have some kind of breakthrough, and then it then it would, he, he only for briefly ever went back from that. Mm. Uh, nope, I'm pretty des- desensitized to those things, but it is apparent after it happens.
1: I like that. Oh, yeah, it's interesting. yeah, which I think is good. You get a chance to reflect mm. and think about it. And that's how Swedenborg says a lot of things. Providence you see in the rearview mirror kind of thing. Yeah, that's good.
0: I almost died a couple times, and it was like a miracle that I survived, and I just knew that God had done this to save me. Mm. so they have a very powerful life experience coupled with a realization that there's something more going on
1: yes right that's right
0: and then sean smith says all the time but without any idea as to how to interpret it interesting that you can you can know but but
1: that it's spiritual but not what it means i like that a lot because some of what i go through as i was sharing with about before is that i don't know why something's inspiring me to eat that pear or, you know, like, why do they care? You know, but, but uh, yeah, that's very interesting. All right. Jennifer
0: says, yes, all the time. I have, and then Pamela says, I've felt spiritual touches sometimes when I meditate or have important questions in my mind. Oh, I like that. So that would be like the meditate in the sense we, we think of it now where you're 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 going within and sort of shutting off some of your senses, but also to have important questions in my mind, that's often how Swedenborg would use the term meditate.
1: Use the term meditate, that's right. Deep reflection on something. Right. He he sees those as very similar.
0: Liquid gargoyle says, I had a psychosis decades ago and had the chance to talk to spirits in that time. Mm. And I explored bad and good ones. That's the reason why I love Swedenborg so much. Wow,
1: what an amazing experience, huh? This and that's yeah, that's, that's, that's why I love Swedenborg
0: because when we put it out there, it's not like we are trying to convince you of a theology that doesn't interact with anything you've experienced. Yeah, it doesn't particularly the make the sense or something. Yeah. You get people saying there are parts or a lot of this that line up with something that not that somebody told me is true, but that I've experienced as true mm. for myself. And then Carl says, Always under spiritual influence, it has intensified over the past three years, and off the left eye in Swedenborg has played a significant role in that. Nice. Oh, there we go. Mm. Uh, when I when plans change and it's always for something better is when I get an inkling of spiritual influence. The providence in Ah, uh, yes.
1: A ship, you got your plan A and then yeah. God has plan B kind of thing. Yeah, that's yep. right.
0: Yep a couple of times when I was missing my parents both of them passed away the song See You Again came out from a random radio station. <laughs> and you just get that feeling you've heard a lot of hey, songs but yeah.
1: I've come to think that the song that's playing in my head is some kind of spiritual radio station, you know, right. not not in a sort of psychotic way or something yeah. but just like, I think, I think, is there a message in this? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Why is it? Why is it in my head right now? Right? Absolutely, all the time. The more I read Swedenborg, the more I notice. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And that would go along with what you and I were describing in the beginning mm. of, of just noticing the, the quote-unquote regular stuff in our minds, Swedenborg prepping you for that, and here, it, you know, it augmenting Matthew's spiritual experiences. John says, I notice when, that when someone I know dies, I am flooded with memories, their smile, sound of voice, etc., like seeing their true selves.
1: I like that point because it often does seem to happen when someone passes away you find you're almost doing their life review like you think about all your memories with that person and sometimes they feel sort of like you're just thinking about them so deeply in a different way and seeing them in a different light I find sometimes absolutely
0: there was even there's somebody that I know Pretty well, but but don't interact with them on a regular basis. Wouldn't be thinking about them much, and they didn't even die, but just got very sick. Mm. And I had like three dreams with them in it, wow. which I usually wouldn't. Would right. go you know m- many months without thinking about this person. Mm. Absolutely, I have had it through visions, whether it was for my own correction, instruction, or a message to be given to another. Nice, all the time having things occur to me that are so far beyond chance coincidence. It's done in such a way that it was not only influence. But a wink to let me know that I'm being watched. I over. like the
1: word wink. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, sometimes you feel like little.
0: Yeah. Like, hey, I'm here. Hey. Once, as a child of six, I was lying in bed and heard the most heavenly choir singing off to my left. When I looked, I saw through the wall small childlike beings peeping at me and singing.
1: That is cool. That is very, very cool.
0: Yes, often. On one occasion, I experienced events in my life being shown to me as lessons or messages. I knew as the events were happening that I should understand them that way.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. So it kind of came with Swedenborg talks about that a lot, that you get a message and the meta level or something yeah. that's kind of come at the same time. Yes. Yeah, right. right.
0: I have had a few encounters in my life where a spiritual voice enlightened me about events that I needed to turn away from. One in particular would have caused me not to exist. Ooh! yeah. There you go.
1: Right. A well, heads up.
0: I've had conversations with people where lots of wisdom came out, but it definitely wasn't anything from me
1: nice yeah uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah that that's yeah, it that happens to me on the show all the time <laughs> right.
0: yeah, oh, you should well, yeah when, when we're not on this this uh yeah. this desk we're just, rehearsal is not uh, as the, not as good as the show
1: <laughs> but but really
0: in in conversations certainly, and when i'm I find there's times when I'm trying to explain a Swedenborg thing to somebody and suddenly I understand it for the first time as I'm trying to explain it, yeah, which just further goes into this principle of you're not doing good and thinking truth on your own you you know you
1: you're in concert that's right thanks everybody
0: that was awesome to to hear that and to hear the spectrum of going from the the normal psychological to the to the um overt spiritual experience but how it all just lines up and this is the very secrets of heaven way like you're showing the bible can go with spiritual experiences you're showing look the the normal spiritual experiences and coincidence interface with the more overt ones and it's all part of this great human consciousness family that we're in.
1: It was making me think, just the course of the show while I've been sitting here, the oneness inside everything, you know, like yeah. such diverse quotes from the beginning to the end of Secrets of Heaven, and yet there's a oneness within there that it's pointing to, yeah. you know, and all those things on the on the ice melter there, uh, all those different thoughts, different experiences, yeah. uh, but there was a oneness in there, and, and I think that's part of what I get out of Swedenborg's works is this, sense of the higher oneness behind all the apparent differences. And we want to give you that oneness as often as possible so we're going to be continuing
0: this series our tour through Swedenborg's books oh, we're fun. going to for the for the beginning of 2019 we're going to be going through <laughs> all of his books. And laying this out for you, much like we did at the beginning of 2018, we had sort of an introductory series. That's right. So we'll be doing that here. But we're also, in 2019, you know, trying to expand what we offer to you. Some of you may already know we have a new show that's out called News from Heaven, mm. which is now going to be, it happened last Thursday. It'll be happening this Thursday at 1230, of course, 1230 Eastern. Of course, you can watch it any time. But this is an annotated journey through Swedenborg's writings where we're going to get in there that'll be happening thursdays With curtis Childs. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: i'll be there that's right
0: and this this show sweet morgan life is happening on monday so you'll be getting twice the dose every week because we just can't get enough of this stuff and we hope you guys can't get enough of it either so this series will continue monday nights news from heaven thursday more to come as 2019 unfolds for now if you want to help this unfolding happen don't forget to like and subscribe it helps us a lot and uh Would you mind joining us on Patreon? This is a way, we're a nonprofit, so we depend on financial contributions to be able to do things like this. This is a way you can just donate a little bit a month, and we give you some behind the scenes kinda thank yous as we go. And thank you everybody for joining us. Thanks, Dr. Jonathan Rose. That was great fun, Chris. Great great to kick off the new year with you. Looking forward to doing it next week. Hope you all have a great week in the meantime. Swedenborg and Life Live is Curtis Childs, host and showrunner with co-host Jonathan Rose. Livestream tech and graphics by Stuart Farmer and Matthew Childs. Show writing and chat moderation by Karin Childs and Chelsea Odner.